This morning I'm going to talk about the present power of the cross called the Great Exchange. The Great Exchange. And uh, I will have uh, uh, the passage of scriptures go up there and then I will well, in my preaching, we'll have reference to them, but just so you get uh, a little picture of, of some of these dynamics. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Well, all right, what do you think about the cross? But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Nothing weak about the cross. Everything that Paul knew, he said, I've determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. The foremost message. You know, and this guy was insightful. So that Peter himself, the great apostle Peter, said, you know, he writes things that are hard to be understood. And yet even with all of that, he said, there is a central message that controls my life, controls my preaching, you know, is my mission. And that is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Then Paul says this, I have been crucified with Christ. Now, we're talking about the cross. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So what's that? That's the cross, isn't it? All right. For you died. You died. And your life is hidden now. With Christ in God. The cross and the resurrection are not two independent events, they're forever connected. They are a unified treasure, distinct but connected. The cross is the central hub from which all of those spokes of the wheel are enjoined. The cross is the centerpiece of Christian faith and the kingdom. The resurrection is the victory parade. The cross was the instrument. None of this is new to you, but we visit it. And why visit it? 
The reasons may be many and varied, but I believe that one of the reasons we need to revisit it is because various times in Scripture, God has says we need to reignite our love for God. Reignite it. Life can flow so smooth and so in order. Our works and our actions can be so aligned that they are wonderful and beautiful and there is, you know, no rebuke in them at all. But yet the scripture says that even in that process, that deep affection, that inspiring uh, you know, uh, connection. The woo! The wow! Can, you know, begin to fade. How many still got the wow still in your marriage? Amen! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> that was good, Ryan, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you redeemed yourself right there, man. <laughs> well, I, I hope you get in the message, the wow. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And so the cross, you know, I think, and visited is, is to put the wow back in the relationship, the relationships. There were three people that were crucified, and so there were three crosses, but only one of those crosses had power. The cross of Jesus is the one that had the power for freedom, for new life, And for peace and and hope. I'm concerned, though, that the cross has been so sanitized it seems to have lost its agony, its cruelty, its purpose, and its amazing love. Now, I'm not saying everyone is in that bracket, but... The modern-day microwave theology, which has no commitment, no repentance, you forsake no idols, you do not turn from sin, it serves no master, as a result it lacks power of transformation. Oh, the cross. That great exchange of the cross, we see clearly the wisdom of God. We see the power of God. We see the love of God. You know these things. We see the substitution of God. We see the righteousness of God. And we discover that glory comes after suffering. 
If history were the vastness of space, the cross would be the brightest star. It would. The cross is what provides forgiveness of our sins, but also the eternal living in the kingdom of heaven. The cross. That cross is the principal instrument by which Jesus destroyed the root of sin, overcame the power of death, the devil, and the flesh. And that cross is to be the continued inspiration in, in our lives. The inseparableness. The cross, the blood, the resurrection. It's the key. It's the means by which we follow Christ in this new and living way into sanctification. Now listen. While the cross is a means of execution, it is also a symbol of application. It's a symbol of application. Because there is nothing more liberating, but there is neither anything more costly, nothing more significant, and no work more glorious than the cross of Jesus Christ. It is through the power of the cross we're transformed so that the life of Christ can also be manifested in our bodies. Everybody say bodies. bodies. Listen to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. So there's a constant visual, a constant scene. Hello. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. It has to do with your self-life, church. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. There is a death angle, but there is also a life result. Amen? Hallelujah. This cross, my faith in the cross, we keep sin and death where it belongs. Paul said in Romans chapter 6, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive on to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Every time it raises its ugly head, We can go back and say, there's a moment and it's a time in my life. The 
cross is the victory. I've been crucified with Christ, but nevertheless, I, I live. And I don't live just a, an ordinary life. I live the life of Jesus in me. Those who have crucified, those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. Mm. I like what the Apostle Paul said. And see this power of this cross when it's clear to us. According to Colossians, the believer is able to give attention and affection towards spiritual things, you know, because of our identification with Christ. Death to the past and empowerment for the future. Here's what he says. Set your affections on things above for you died. And your life is hid with Christ in God. It's an inspiration for us. You and I both know that the bad news of sin was turned into the good news of salvation through the cross. At the cross, all the obstacles were removed and a way was opened up to salvation so that grace was possible for all mankind. It's at the cross where all the wounds of sin are healed, where guilt, anxiety, depression, and anger are healed. First Peter 2.24 says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. You can go to Isaiah 53. And Isaiah gives even a greater depth of the work and the healing of, of the cross. In the cross, you can begin to understand the covenant. He made him who knew no sin for us. Or he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. What an exchange, church. It's at the cross there is peace. According to Colossians 1.20, having made peace through the blood of the cross. It's at the cross that we get positional standing in Christ. The cross aids us in the development of character. Paul said that I count all things but rubbish to gain Christ. It's that balance. The cross is the victory. A great exchange. Think about this for a moment. The cross, 
we see God's sovereignty. We see his reign and his rule over all the sin of humanity. For Christ died for the whole world. We see God's purpose. Why did he? He wanted to make known the mystery of his will at way before anyone was made. God had a plan. God had a plan. How many know God's still got a plan? At the cross, we see God's judgment. At the cross, we see God's holiness. And of course, Paul says it's the power of God. We see God's wrath. We see God's sorrow. When Jesus cried, why have you forsaken me? It just begins to unfold the love of God, the mercy of God, God's rescue operation. But why the cross? Of all the many things at the cross and are associated with the cross, the blood that is shed, everyone needs a cross life. The blood can wash away my sins, but it does not wash away my old man. This old guy needs to be crucified. See, the blood deals with my sin, but the cross deals with the sin-producing factory. So, the beauty of it, crucified with Christ, I died with him. It's sending a message to us that we can send a message to ourselves. Because when Paul said, in, you know, was it the Romans? Yes, Romans. He says, when I wanted to do good, I noticed that evil was present with me. See, we're not diminishing the power of the blood, but the dynamic in how the cross works. The cross life. The cross is, is the mighty act that translates us from the Adam nature. Paul said, reckon yourselves dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God. At that moment, at that time when you're at the crossroads, you need to go back and look at the cross. 
Because he didn't come just to cover your sins. He came to transform your living. Hallelujah. And just as there's power in the blood to wash away my sins, there's power in the cross to deal with my old nature. For who shall deliver me, Paul says, and he says, I thank God is through Jesus, Jesus Christ. The blood puts away my sin. The cross puts away myself. Oh, I love what's going on. Jesus asked the question. As he is in the garden, he says, Father, is there another way? Another way what? Another way other than the cross. The father says, no. Why? Because in order for there to be forgiveness, something must die. In order for there to be life, something must die. Except a corn of wheat fall on the ground and die. Sometimes we're working on living when we need to be working on dying. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Dying to self. It is not a self-initiative. It is a recognition. Jesus not only picked up all of the sins, he picked up all of the bodies. So that they could live not a self-life, but a cross-life. All the power, the power. Of course, the enemy would like to hide us from these issues and the, the power of it. We are free not to do as we please. No, not to live simply for ourselves. Because why would we want to live for ourselves when living for God is so much better? Romans chapter 6, knowing this, that our old man, the word old man there, you know, refers to the soul or the inner person. Our old man. It's the only time you get to use old man, all right? Don't, you know. You don't call your dad old man. 
or your mother, old woman. <laughs> well, we never did in my house anyway, so. <laughs> For our old man was crucified with him, that the body, or the purpose is, that the body of sin might be done away with. Literally, it is the beachhead. The body from which, you know, is demonstrated and flows. Hallelujah. Let me give you another angle on the prodigal son. The prodigal son wanted death benefits without death. Give me my inheritance, but you were not to get that inheritance until you died. And though the father gave him, what happened to it? He wasted it. Dying to the self-life, then your death benefits are not going to be wasted on your self-life. Now, you know the story. The father still Receives with open arms the household. You know what I mean? All that the father has becomes his. But what happens? What unleashed it all? When he died. When he died to his self-life. Father, I have sinned. I am no more worthy to be called your son. And then, church, he began to realize the resurrection life that's in the Father's house. Oh, hallelujah. Am I making sense? Seriously, because this is this is I I I, it's, I think that it's it's really relevant and and, and, and powerful. Amen. It's really powerful. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. If any man will come after me, let him deny him. Self, that's the cross life. 
take up his cross and follow me. A crucified life. A life that's dead to self, but alive to God. A life that's dead to sin, but alive to righteousness. Hallelujah. You cannot sin on the cross. Now, please understand, I'm not saying that it's from here on out that you're never going to have any sins. But I'm showing you the how you deal with it when it shows up on your doorstep. You got to go to the cross. You got to go to your identity in the cross. That I not only died, but I became alive to something else. Once you have died, you need to start to live. And there's a direction of living that the cross points you in. And that's righteousness. Righteousness. So I want more than just my sins forgiven and the blood to wash my sins away. I want to live and take care of the sin producing factory. It wants to do this. But I am crucified with with Christ. You're not in it alone. Why the cross? Some of the reasons why the cross. When Jesus was challenged to leave the cross, you are going to be challenged to leave the cross. He saved others. Why don't you come down? No, can't come down. Because the cross life is the life to life in living. When you're in the midst of people 
and your, de- your dedication and your commitment and, and your belief and, and your, your sold out to Jesus is going to come and they're going to ask you to come down off the cross. No, why don't you go ahead and just come down from your cross life, your crucified life, your following Christ life, and why don't you just go ahead and join with us? Because that's a foolish life. You're not having any fun. You can't enjoy. Oh. Oh. No, but I can live. Paul said there's definitely a a difference. He 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 says, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, and the life that I now live, signifying that my life that I live now is different than the life that I lived before. What is the difference in that life? I'm still breathing the same air. I'm still living in the same body. I'm still walking on the same feet. I'm still using the same hands. I still, you know, incorporated with the personality that I had before. The new life is the Christ life. The cross of Jesus that so inspires me to live, not to myself. from time to time and frequently and maybe hopefully less and less frequently, you will have to visit the cross and reckon yourself having died. We've been included. We've been included in both Christ's death and Christ's resurrection. And I'm still figuring it out. Don't get me wrong. I'm still working on it. Knowing this, Romans 6 and 6, that our old man was crucified with him. Send him a notice. Send him an email. (laughs) Your position in Christ comes with power in Christ. Talk about knowing who you are in Christ. 
You know, when uh, someone of authority walks in and they know who they are, they don't have to walk in and tell you who they are. The reputation goes before them. You know, like Teresa, when she walks in, all those guys, she's a girl. But it's her position. It's her power. Okay. That reigns and rules. And that's, that's what you got to see. It's your position and it's your power that reigns and rules. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Now, of course, there's no bad sinners here. Just, just follow me closely. But you know, you know, Lord, here's something he dealt with me this, this week. And like, apparently he wants more because I don't think he deals with it nonchalantly. And he told me purity. 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 And this was just me now. It was just really a, a, an amazing moment. Just an amazing moment because he showed me, he began to show me how certain things were actually impure. No. He wasn't preached to anybody else, okay? Um, I'm just using myself as an illustration. You know what I mean? That here I am, you know. I've known nothing but God. Nothing been working out my soul's salvation. I know I'm saved. I know where I'm going, et cetera. You know what I mean? But I'm, I'm still under construction. And he says just purity. Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the pure in heart. Pure in heart. The purity of David's life was not, you know what I mean, the absence of his, was not the absence of mistakes. It was he always came running. That's that element of it. Now let me, as my musicians come this morning, Christ has wiped out your past. In the crucifixion, that's why Paul says, therefore reckon yourselves dead. but also alive. Christ wiped out everything that was not himself on the cross. That's where you're going. 
that's the work that's going on in our lives. That's the process. It's the end of an old story and the beginning of a new story. So, in Colossians chapter 2, it says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that were against us. It was customary to to the one being crucified that they literally wrote their crimes. Whatever it was that they were guilty of. Whatever they found, you know what I mean, why they were there. They would write it, you know, and they would put that along with the one being crucified as information, not only for him, for, but for others. This is why. This is what you did. And Colossians says that Christ took every one of your pieces of paper. Every one of them. You want to tell me some of your sins, Rose, or no, we better keep quiet on that, right? Yeah. I'm just saying thank you. Isn't that right? Thank you, Jesus. Barabbas, murderer, murderer. Isn't that amazing? Barabbas's piece of paper was there on the cross of Jesus Christ. And when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, everything and every ledger, no matter how many pages full it is, has been wiped out. It's too good to be true, I know. But it's a fact. It's just a fact. The question I want to ask, and probably not totally applicable this morning for you that are sitting here, but I'll ask it anyway. What kind of sinner are you? What kind of criminal are you? Are you one that's hardened and unbelieving? Or are you one that's Repentant and tender. See, there was two criminals that were hanging with Jesus. One was repentant and tender. The other one was hardened and unbelieving. 
One went to paradise. When and if you sin, if and when, I don't know which is right, what order is right. Always be tender. Always be believing. I'm going to close with this. Because all the many things that the cross does for you and done for us. The cross clothes you. It clothes you. It not only took your curse, not only took your place, it not only washed you clean, it will give you a fresh start, a brand new beginning. But the cross covers your shame, your nakedness. As far as heaven's history is concerned. Now, not as far as the earth history is concerned, all right? But as far as heaven's history is concerned. And that's, church, how you have to run your life is what heaven's history is concerned. And when you do your earth history will be transformed. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 61 and 10. Stand with me this morning. I will rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may receive. What makes that possible? The cross. The cross. And as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels, so the Lord has done for for you and I. Father, this morning, we want to discover, I want to discover even more the amazing and wonderful new life that's in Christ Jesus. While my eternal destiny is safe and secured I want to discover my present living 
I want to live a crucified life, Lord. I want to live a a life that has died. And so when those death benefits come into my life, they're not wasted on my self-life. Because you have said that you'll take care of my self-life if I will take care and pay attention to my cross-life. Thank you. Holy Spirit, we want to thank you this morning that in the magnitude of this and sometimes almost escape us and the realm of it that you are with us and alongside of us and these are this is the orchestration that is happening and taking place in our lives he who saw the sun sets free is free indeed In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Every time, every time you, you know, move and lean toward the crucified life, you reap the resurrection life. You reap the resurrection life. That's what everybody wants anyway. How did Jesus make it through the cross? Well, we have a lot of, he said he he knew this was the Father's will. But you know what Hebrews says, how he made it through the cross? For the results that the cross life would bring who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame because he knew he was going to sit down. So after every time, you know what I mean, you embrace the, the fact that I've been crucified with Christ, self-life does not get to have its say. It can make its arguments, and it will, but it doesn't get to determine what you're going to do. Amen? Amen. And the joy, the fullness that comes out of that takes place. Amen? Give the Lord a praise this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The blood covers your sins, the cross takes care of the sin-producing factory. God bless you. Go with God. He's going with you.